a cartographer, both driven and burdened by an insatiable curiosity, sailed beyond the edge of known charts. The salt-stung sea air filled his lungs as the ship cut through misty waters. Boundaries didn't hold him. He was a seeker of lost lands, a man willing to cross even celestial borders to create maps that would outlive him. His vessel bore an archive of maps, atlases, and compasses, each one a stepping stone on his path to what he considered the final frontier, the Forgotten Lands. The Forgotten Lands were a topic of myths, seafarers' tales, and bedtime stories meant to caution adventurous children. A realm shrouded by an impenetrable mist, it was whispered to house the oldest deities, abandoned and swallowed by collective amnesia. Here, the fabric of reality hung fragile, stretched thin by the weight of both the extraordinary and the dreadful. Otherworldly creatures, beasts born of nightmare and forgotten law, were said to roam the land freely. Yet the fog that enveloped these lands was a barrier that few could penetrate. The cartographer, not dissuaded by such superstitions, was driven by a thirst that only discovery could quench. His intuition guided him through the veiled ocean until, at last, his ship arrived at the precipice of a world suspended between the tangible and the mythical. Here, the mist itself seemed alive, curling and retracting as if it had been waiting for him, or perhaps issuing a final warning. Taking his first step on this uncharted soil, the cartographer felt a sense of accomplishment, mixed with an eerie kind of serenity. He unslung his leather bag filled with map-making tools and set about his work, oblivious to the lingering eyes of forgotten gods and slumbering giants. As he took his quill in hand, he did not yet understand the colossal significance of his actions. The ink in his well was no ordinary ink. It had been formulated from relics and substances that bent and swayed with the currents of magic, pulled by the gravitational force of the unknown. It was an ink that made a pact with reality, a substance so potent that it could turn vision into actuality. This was his unmaking, for the parchment he unrolled was not just a canvas, but a plane upon which existence could be reshaped. In his meticulous strokes, in the curving lines and the intricate notations, lay an extraordinary, terrifying form of creation. He was about to become not just a mapmaker, but a shaper of realms, awakening an older, darker world that defied erasure from collective memory. And so began his grand era, a journey not of discovery but of untamed consequence, a sojourn into lands that were better left forgotten. In breaking the boundaries of known geography, he would breach the walls separating myth from reality, unleashing upon himself and his world a haunting that neither time nor tide could ever wash away. After days of reconnaissance, the cartographer found a vantage point, a bluff overlooking a dense forest wreathed in veils of mist. Trees with silver bark and leaves like molten gold stretched as far as his eyes could see. Mountains loomed in the distance, their peaks lost in clouds, and rivers meandered through the land like serpents of liquid crystal. It was a panorama unlike any in the mortal world, pulsing with an energy that seemed almost sentient. Unfurling a fresh sheet of parchment on a makeshift desk of stone and wood, he took a moment to admire the purity of the empty page. It held endless possibilities and countless worlds within its fibers. His eyes narrowed in concentration, and he uncorked the inkwell. As he dipped the quill, he sensed an electric charge, 
It was as if the land around him held its breath in anticipation. He began with gentle, deliberate strokes, capturing the essence of the forest below. He moved the quill in perfect symmetry to draw the serpentine rivers and the labyrinthine contours of the woodland. As the ink took to the parchment, something extraordinary happened. The forest below him shuddered, its outline changing. Trees reshaped themselves into configurations matching those on the paper. Rivers shifted their courses to comply with his design. The ink had barely dried, and already the world was conforming to his vision. Emboldened, the cartographer pressed on. He drew mountain ranges grander than any in existence, with peaks so high they pierced the heavens. He depicted meadows rich with fantastical flora, brimming with flowers that sparkled like gemstones and emitted fragrances that could cure ailments or evoke memories long buried. As his quill moved, the mountains rose from the earth, and meadows blossomed into radiant life. The connection between ink and reality became more evident, intoxicating him with a godlike euphoria. But this was not mere hubris. It was an artistic immersion so profound that he felt he was uncovering the world's hidden desires, giving form to a longing for beauty and majesty that the land itself must have yearned for. He began to chart pathways through the forest, veins of navigable terrain that would allow travel and exploration. Stone monoliths sprang from the ground, marking crossroads. Arches of entwined branches formed naturally, creating gateways between one miraculous setting and another. It was a masterwork in progress, the finest and most impactful creation of his career. The land was morphing in real time, a living canvas that changed with each stroke of his quill. He felt exhilarated, blind to the looming shadows that his actions were casting far beyond the horizon. Reality was bending, and for a brief moment, he felt invincible. Yet, as he set the quill down to survey his work, ripples of alteration emanated outward, far beyond what his eyes could see or his mind comprehend. These ripples disturbed the ancient slumber of gods and awakened myths long bound in the chains of oblivion. He was about to confront the dire, unintended consequences of his insatiable quest for discovery. In the deeper recesses of the Forgotten Lands, where the cartographer's vision had not yet extended, unsettling events were set into motion. Caves hidden within the mountain ranges he had drawn began to resonate with a low, pulsating hum. Deep forests that he had unknowingly encroached upon rustled with movements not of wind but of beings long dormant. Beneath the sparkling rivers and translucent lakes, primordial entities began to stir, sensing that the very marrow of their world was being tampered with. In caverns shrouded in eternal twilight, winged serpents coiled around gemstone pillars began to unfurl. Their eyes, sealed in slumber for epochs, blinked open, emitting a luminescent glow that cut through the thick darkness. Beneath the loamy soil of ancient groves, colossal wolves, guardians of the forest, awoke with a start, sensing a shift in the very fabric of their territory. In temples built of forgotten dreams and worship, gods older than memory, entombed in silence, began to stretch and crack the stone of their imprisonment. Each being, monstrous or divine, felt the call of an altered world, a world no longer entirely their own. Across the newly formed meadows of shimmering flora, figures of forgotten deities began to materialize like mirages solidifying into reality. Ethereal and fierce, 
they wore visages both awe-inspiring and terrifying. Each was a god of something once primal and essential, a god of the harvest, now forgotten in a world of abundance, a god of fire, lost to the advent of technology, a god of shadows, now irrelevant in a world lit by electric bulbs. In an eerie synchronization, these awakened beings began moving towards the epicenter of the change, the dark castle that had materialized at the heart of the realm. Unknown to the cartographer, each line he had drawn, each mountain he had raised, and each river he had diverted was like a note in a symphony, a hymn sung in the oldest language that beckoned the ancient ones to this point of convergence. As they approached, some found their forms subtly altered, shadows darker, outlines sharper, and their essence more concentrated. Their eyes glinted with a blend of fury, confusion, and an insidious curiosity about the one who had summoned them from their ageless rest. Their motives were as diverse as their forms. Some sought to reclaim dominion, others to mete out punishment to the intruder, and yet a few were intrigued by the notion that something, or someone, could invoke such profound changes. From his vantage point, the cartographer noticed a haze of beings converging in the distance, amassing around the grand castle he had recently drawn into existence. The shapes were indistinct, but the aura they emitted reached him as a foreboding sense of unease. Unfamiliar with the significance of what he was witnessing, he mistook these signs as the land accepting its new form, welcoming its new gods, and integrating his alterations into its essence. His miscalculation was grave. Far from harmonizing with his vision, the Forgotten Lands and its ancient residents were bracing for a confrontation, one that would determine the fate of two intertwined realms. For the first time, the cartographer had charted a course not just into unknown territories but into the realm of cosmic consequence, a place where lines on parchment could awaken gods and make legends bleed into reality. The cartographer's work continued, with every stroke of his quill, the land acquiesced and transformed, aligning itself with his vision. He drew a cathedral of thorns, its spires woven from the trees that had risen at his hand. It emerged amidst a field of obsidian, gleaming darkly in the eternal twilight of the forgotten lands. Yet as the cathedral formed, it did so in synchrony with a low, resonant hum, a call to the gods and creatures who had converged upon the castle. As he surveyed his most recent creation, he felt a sudden, violent tremor beneath his feet. The parchment upon his makeshift desk rattled, ink splattering across its surface. He grabbed onto the table, steadying himself and his precious work. But he saw that the lines on his map had distorted where the ink had spread, altering his perfect depiction of the land. Almost instantly, the ground shifted, the cathedral he had just created collapsing into itself, transforming into a grotesque parody of its intended majesty. It was as if the world itself rejected his blunder, attempting to correct an aberration in the unfolding design. The ripples of this collapse expanded outwards, felt by every deity, titan, and cryptic beast in the land. A cry emanated from the castle, a call to arms that shot through the very soul of every creature in these forgotten reaches. The gods, already alarmed by their unexpected return to consciousness, took this as the breaking point, the final act of intrusion upon their realm. From the castle, a figure emerged, unlike any god or beast that had gathered there. 
Clad in armor woven from the night sky, its form was an ever-changing silhouette, a collection of celestial voids bound together in a vaguely humanoid shape. It was the embodiment of the Forgotten Lands, a guardian whose sole purpose was to maintain the balance of this mythical realm. Awakened by the distortions the cartographer had inflicted upon the world, it now sought to restore equilibrium. Riding upon the back of a giant wolf, whose fur shimmered with the colors of dying stars, the Guardian led a procession of awakened beings toward the bluff where the cartographer stood. The air crackled with anticipation, thick with an admixture of dread and inevitability. The cartographer sensed the approaching entities as a mounting wave of existential dread. The very atmosphere grew thick, as if compressed by the enormity of the moment. Still, he didn't fully comprehend the depth of the calamity he had unleashed. In his hubris, he believed that his artistry could further refine this world, that perhaps he could even draw these gods into submission. Yet as the celestial guardian reached the bluff, a paralyzing force enveloped the cartographer, arresting his hand just as he was about to dip his quill into the inkwell once more. He realized then that his map-making tools, potent though they were, held no sway over gods and guardians birthed from the primordial essence of creation itself. These were entities that did not merely inhabit their world, they were interwoven into its very fabric. In that fateful instant, he understood that he had not merely charted an unknown land, he had disturbed the equilibrium of an ancient system, shaken a cosmic balance held sacred by beings whose existence predated memory. As he looked into the ever-shifting face of the Celestial Guardian, he knew that he must find a way to undo the cataclysmic changes he had wrought upon this world, changes that now threatened to bleed into his own realm, tearing the veil between myth and reality asunder. The consequences of his actions began to manifest in more tangible, horrifying ways. The cartographer stood frozen, his quill still hovering above the parchment. The Celestial Guardian, an embodiment of the Forgotten Lands, emitted an ethereal sound, not a roar or a scream but a frequency that seemed to reverberate through the cartographer's very soul. It was a sound of judgment, of cosmic disappointment. At that moment, the parchment on his desk began to tremor, vibrating as if infused with a life force of its own. The lines of ink on the paper wreathed and coalesced into dark masses, which in turn materialized as shadowy forms rising into the air. These shadow forms took the shapes of hybrid creatures, beasts with multiple heads, wings where there should be limbs, and scales covering feathers. They were the abominations created by his spatted ink, by his fallible human hand. These malformed entities, bound by neither the laws of the Forgotten Lands nor the laws of the mortal world, took flight, their wings beating against the air like discordant drums. They soared towards the rifts that had begun to appear in the sky, tears in the very fabric of reality caused by the cartographer's intrusive mapping. Their forms dissipated as they passed through these rifts, vanishing into an unknown void between worlds. And as they disappeared, the cartographer felt a pulling sensation, as if he were being stretched thin across the expanse between what was known and what should never be discovered. He realized, too late, that these abominations were not just his creations, they were manifestations of his arrogance, and they were now free to infect other realities. The Celestial Guardian emitted another resonating sound, this one a mournful lament. 
it was a signal for the gods and creatures that had gathered. From the earth, water, and air, they channeled their primal energies through the Guardian, forming a complex web of light and shadow around the cartographer. This was not an attack but a binding, a sealing of the rift he had torn open between worlds. They were sacrificing their newfound freedom to prevent the cataclysm from spreading further. But the balance could not be fully restored, not when the cartographer's map still existed as a living connection between his world and the Forgotten Lands. The parchment had to be undone, its reality-warping influence neutralized. And so the Celestial Guardian extended one of its shadowy limbs towards the cartographer. When it touched the map, the parchment disintegrated, its particles dissipating in a swirl of darkness that was quickly absorbed by the Guardian. The landscapes he had drawn, the creatures he had inadvertently brought to life, and even the celestial bodies hanging in the skies, all vanished in an instant, leaving an overwhelming emptiness in their wake. Yet this act was not without its own repercussions. The energy required for such a dissolution left the gods and creatures of the Forgotten Lands weakened, their forms flickering like dying embers. Some collapsed into the earth, absorbed back into the land from which they had sprung. Others dissipated into the air, becoming one with the wind and mist. The celestial guardian itself shattered into fragments of light and shadow, its essence dispersing into the ether. Though the immediate crisis was averted, the cost was catastrophic. The forgotten lands had lost the newly regained vitality, returning to a dormant state that felt even emptier than before. But they were still there, lurking in the depths of cosmic memory, waiting for another chance to awaken. The cartographer found himself back in his own world, his mapping tools gone, his lifelong work rendered meaningless. He was alone, standing at the edge of an abyss, not a physical one, but an abyss of understanding. Reality had been fractured, and though it was patched for now, the seams still showed. He was left with a haunting awareness of the realms that lay beyond human comprehension, forever scarred by the consequences of his actions. But the most unsettling revelation came when he tried to share his story. Words failed him. Language seemed an inadequate tool to convey the enormity of what he had witnessed. And so he remained silent, forever haunted by the forgotten lands and the ancient beings who resided there. It was only years later that he discovered the new maps he produced, mundane cartographic endeavors devoid of fantastical landscapes, held odd distortions. They were minor, almost imperceptible, but to him, they were a glaring reminder that the rift he had sealed was not completely closed. Reality was still frayed at its edges, and he alone was aware of its fragility. The gods and monsters he had awakened were not just figures of myth. They were now part of his reality, hidden in those tiny distortions, waiting for another fateful stroke of the quill to set them free once more. The cartographer lived a life shrouded in an enigmatic haze. Driven by a relentless curiosity yet tempered by caution, he couldn't escape the allure of the unknown. Though he had been fundamentally changed by his expedition into the Forgotten Lands, his heart still stirred at the sight of an uncharted territory. However, the weight of consequence hung heavily over him, a constant reminder that every line on parchment bore potential ramifications beyond comprehension. But time is a relentless force, eroding even the most deeply etched memories and lessons. 
Slowly but inevitably, the cartographer found himself pondering the power that still clung to his fingers. The gods and ancient creatures of the Forgotten Lands may have intervened last time, but what if he had another go? What if he could correct the mistakes, map the territory more faithfully, and thus contain the forces he had unwittingly unleashed? The temptation festered, a seed of ambition nurtured by hubris, sprouting roots in the fertile soil of human desire. This time, he decided, he would prepare. He dived into obscure manuscripts, texts written in languages almost forgotten by modern civilization. He consulted astrological charts, aligned his work with cosmic events, and even traced the lines on his palm, as if seeking some kind of divine approval. And then he set out to create another map, a new exploration into a realm filled with less malevolent mysteries, or so he told himself. Quill met parchment once more, but now every stroke was accompanied by rituals designed to safeguard against unforeseen consequences. Symbols of protection were drawn, incantations muttered under his breath, and rare gems were strategically positioned around his workspace, shimmering softly in the ethereal light that filtered through the room. As the new map began to take shape, so too did another reality. Far away from the eyes of mortal men, past the veil of known existence, a new land was indeed birthed, but it was a tortured one. The protective symbols and incantations had affected the outcome, twisting valleys into mazes of jagged rocks, turning serene rivers into torrents filled with rapids and whirlpools. Forests were dark labyrinths of thorny trees, Skies were overcast with clouds of ash, and creatures born into this realm were twisted parodies of mythical beasts. Unbeknownst to him, the cartographer had not limited the consequences, he had merely refracted them through a darker prism. The protective measures were not subtle nudges but were blunt instruments, battering the nascent world into a grotesque form. And it wasn't just the land that he had affected. Far beneath the earth, where the eye could not see, rested the gods and creatures of the Forgotten Lands. They had been dormant, recovering their strength after the catastrophic events that had previously awakened them. But the cartographer's new endeavor resonated through the earth and air, shaking them from their slumber once more. This time, however, they awoke not with confusion or curiosity but with a keen awareness of the violation committed upon them, once again. Within this newly forged realm, a gathering began, not dissimilar to the one that had occurred in the Forgotten Lands, but this one thrummed with a different energy. It was not an energy of existential dread but one of palpable anger and intent. The gods and monsters, their forms molded by resentment and pain, felt an urgency they had never felt before, the urgency of the hunt. For it was clear to them now, they were not just passive elements in a story being written by a foreign hand, they were beings of agency and power. The time for defense had passed. The time for retribution had come. United by this newfound resolve, they focused their energies on locating the cartographer, tracing the mystical lines that connected their existence to his hand. And as they pinpointed his location, far across the dimensions and layers of reality, a collective shiver ran through them. It was a shiver not of fear but of anticipation. The hunt was on, and the gods and creatures of these beyond realms were the hunters, their quarry a cartographer who had yet to fathom the depths of his folly. Somewhere in his study, surrounded by tomes and maps, 
the cartographer felt a sudden chill creep down his spine. He shook it off, attributing it to fatigue or perhaps a stray draft. But as he dipped his quill into the ink once more, he couldn't shake off the sensation that something had fundamentally shifted. The rules had changed, and he was not just the mapmaker now, he had become the mapped. His life had become a series of increasingly complex precautions, yet, amidst the layered incantations and symbology that protected him, the cartographer couldn't ignore the nagging dread that he was a mouse in a maze whose walls were closing in. A strange object had appeared on his desk one morning, a weathered grimoire bound in obscure materials that he did not identify. Its pages were full of arcane symbols, indecipherable text, and images that flitted about like living things trapped behind the veil of parchment. As soon as his eyes landed on it, he knew it was not of this world. The grimoire seemed to drink the light around it, making shadows dance in twisted forms. It was a paradox, a mere object that weighed more heavily than anything he had ever known. No protective spells could shield him from its presence. It defied all laws, both natural and supernatural, that he knew of. His first instinct was to get rid of it, perhaps burn it in a fire kindled with sanctified wood and stoked with incantations. But the more he contemplated this, the more he found himself pulled towards the book. Was it a warning or an offering from the gods and monsters he had trifled with? The very ones who were now, he could feel, stalking him from the other side of reality. Each day, the hunt intensified, a spectral chase that flitted through the corners of his awareness. Shadows moved where there were no objects to cast them. Chill winds blew where no window was open. He opened the grimoire, its pages resisting then giving way like living flesh. What he found was an encrypted language of cosmic significance. Diagrams connected stars that humans had yet to name. Images captured visions that would drive any ordinary man to madness. But it was one spell, in particular, that captivated him, a complex weave of arcane symbols and intricate geometries, all converging towards a representation of what he recognized as the Forgotten Lands, overlaying his own realm. The diagram suggested an integration, an unholy union between the realities that he had mapped and the cartography of power that governed gods and ancient monsters. It was a spell of synthesis, a cosmic joining of separate realities into one. The temptation was both immediate and overpowering. Was this the way to set things right? Could he bring these disparate realms into alignment and harmonize the dissonance he had created? Visions of a unified world flashed before him, one where gods and mortals coexisted, where the boundaries between the mythic and the mundane were dissolved. For a moment, he was enraptured by the prospect, his ego expanding to fill a god-sized void. Yet, another thought emerged, a shadow creeping across his grandiose visions. Was this spell not also a chain that would bind two realities into one? If he performed this act, would he not also bind himself eternally to these ancient gods and creatures, surrendering his agency to a greater cosmological order? The gods had offered him a choice in the form of this grimoire, a temptation wrapped in the guise of power and knowledge. With trembling hands, he closed the grimoire. Then, after a moment's hesitation, he stashed it inside a lead-lined chest covered in runes of containment, banishing it to the darkest corner of his labyrinthine study. He realized that he couldn't take the risk, 
for to merge realities would be to play with fire on a universal scale. And he knew, deep in his bones, that the fire was hunting him. Unknown to him, at that exact moment in the far-off realms he had impacted, the gods and creatures felt a ripple, a pause in their relentless pursuit. The grimoire had been a test, and he had made his choice. The hunt would continue, but the rules had shifted yet again. The cartographer was no mere prey. He was a player in a cosmic game, the stakes of which were beyond mortal understanding. And so, the spectral chase moved into a new, more dangerous phase. A grimoire lay dormant but potent, its secrets a locked treasure chest. Both hunter and hunted sensed that the dance was far from over, it had merely pirouetted into a darker, more complex pattern. Each party fortified their strategies, aware that the other was not to be underestimated. The lines between mapmaker and mapped blurred further, leaving the cartographer to ponder what terrible or wondrous fate awaited him at the end of this labyrinthine journey. As the moon's luminous crescent completed its final waning arc, a tremor pulsed through the very fabric of reality. Within his study, filled with the scent of parchment and arcane herbs, the cartographer felt the walls shift as if breathing. His reality had become elastic, stretched and pulled by forces beyond mortal reckoning. The room was no longer just a study, it was a nexus, a point of convergence where dimensions intersected and bled into one another. His maps, once just ink and parchment, flickered with unnatural light, revealing hidden layers that wreathed and morphed. His protective symbols glowed and sputtered, as if struggling to maintain their integrity. All his precautions, his intricate web of defenses, were coming undone, thread by ethereal thread. The hunters had arrived. In the far-off realm of twisted landscapes and darkened skies, the gods and ancient creatures gathered in a circle, each standing on a glyph that represented their essence. Their forms were grotesque and magnificent, amalgamations of nightmares and awe, sculpted by the powers that had birthed them and the grievances that had awoken them. Their eyes, or whatever passed for eyes in their unnatural anatomies, focused on a pool of liquid obsidian at the circle's center. With a collective thought, they reached into the pool and pulled its substance into their realm. The obsidian tendrils snaked through the ether, guided by a shared intent and hunger, to manifest in the cartographer's study. The shadows deepened, lengthened, and then erupted into corporeal form. Beasts of legend, gods forgotten by time, they stepped into the room, transcending the boundaries that separated one reality from another. The cartographer could feel his sanity teetering on the edge, challenged by the impossible menagerie before him. Each creature was a paradox, embodying contradictions that defied logic, serpentine yet avian, terrestrial yet celestial, formless yet defined. The gods were even more incomprehensible, swirling masses of abstract geometry and metaphysical substance, imbued with a consciousness that was both alien and intensely focused. Summoning every shred of willpower, he opened a drawer and pulled out an ornate dagger, its blade etched with runes that glowed at the proximity of otherworldly entities. It was a weapon of last resort, crafted from materials that were antithetical to the fabric of the gods and monsters before him. He held it aloft, his hands shaking, ready to strike or defend. But the beasts and gods did not immediately attack. 
They paused, as if allowing him a moment to comprehend his situation, to recognize the magnitude of his folly. And then they advanced, not as a chaotic swarm but as a coordinated assembly, each moving in harmony with the others, forming patterns that seemed to channel the flow of energies around them. It was a dance of cosmic importance, a ritual of alignment and retribution, its choreography inscribed in the very laws that governed their existence. The cartographer swung the dagger, tracing arcs of glowing energy in the air. But each stroke met resistance, as if cutting through a dense, invisible medium. The runes on the blade flickered uncertainly, their power waning in the face of such concentrated otherness. Realization dawned on him. The dagger could injure or banish one, maybe two, but against this collective, it was woefully inadequate. Just when the situation seemed its bleakest, the cartographer's eyes fell upon the lead-lined chest containing the grimoire. An idea, reckless yet inspired, flitted across his mind. With a surge of adrenaline, he lunged towards the chest, narrowly avoiding the swipe of a clawed appendage that seemed to distort space as it moved. Fumbling with trembling hands, he managed to unlock the chest and grab the grimoire. The room seemed to pulsate as he opened the book, its arcane energies resonating with the divine and monstrous entities around him. Frantically, he flipped through its pages, seeking the complex diagram, the spell of synthesis he had previously rejected. The gods and beasts, recognizing the book's power, hesitated, a momentary pause that belied uncertainty. In that fraction of a second, the cartographer plunged his dagger into the grimoire, impaling it on the diagram. The effect was instantaneous. A shockwave of force emanated from the point of contact, a cosmic scream that reverberated through multiple realities. Gods, monsters, and even the cartographer himself were lifted off their feet, caught in a swirling vortex of light and shadow, order and chaos. When the forces finally subsided, the study had returned to its original state, as if none of the entities had ever been there. But the grimoire and the dagger were gone, consumed in the ritual that had saved him, or so it seemed. Shaken to his core, the cartographer sat down, contemplating the inexplicable events, the confrontation with beings beyond comprehension. Though he had survived, the equilibrium had shifted. Lines on maps could no longer be trusted, for he had seen what lay beyond the boundaries of his world. And though the gods and beasts had been banished, he knew they were not defeated. In the realm of forgotten things, they lingered, contemplating their next move in a game whose rules were as mutable as the realities they connected. Despite the aura of finality that emanated from his last encounter, the cartographer couldn't shake the sensation that his involvement in the cosmic struggle was far from over. Reality had been re-stitched, albeit precariously, and the borders between realms had seemingly been restored. However, the nagging intuition that these beings could not be so easily deterred hummed in the back of his mind like a persistent, dissonant chord. The cartographer knew he needed to confirm his suspicions, to see for himself whether the forgotten lands had reverted back to the dormant state. He returned to the intricate map of the uncharted territories. The hand-drawn details seemed innocuous enough, each line and contour indicating the physical elements of a strange landscape. But he had long since realized that the map was more than mere ink and parchment, 
It was a living conduit between his world and the realm of forgotten gods and ancient beasts. He prepared himself for the excursion. Charms and talismans, once objects of curiosity, were now vital defenses. He bundled these together and fastened them around his waist and neck. Then, with a mix of trepidation and curiosity, he activated the map's portal spell. He arrived at the once abandoned castle that marked the boundary of the Forgotten Lands, a towering structure of blackened stone and warped architecture. Its jagged turrets stretched towards the sky like dark fingers reaching for the heavens. The air was thick with an odd blend of nostalgia and fear, the very walls seemed to hum with a forlorn melody that plucked at his senses. The cartographer couldn't shake the sense that something was fundamentally altered. The castle had always been a manifestation of the realm's eerie charm, a place that danced on the edge of comprehension, but now it seemed more corporeal, as if it had somehow been solidified by his meddling with reality. The eyes carved into the stone walls seemed to blink, the statues, depictions of monstrous creatures and deformed gods, shifted ever so slightly when not directly in his line of sight. As he navigated deeper into the castle, he realized that the rooms and hallways were no longer abandoned. Creatures now populated the dark corners. Spectral figures, twisted fey-like entities, and unidentifiable beings that existed just outside the visible spectrum of light, flickering in and out of existence. None engaged him directly, but he felt their eyes, or whatever approximations of eyes they possessed, tracking his every move. Finally, he reached what appeared to be the central chamber. At its heart was a massive, multi-dimensional diagram etched onto the floor, pulsating and shifting, mirroring the spell of synthesis from the grimoire but more elaborate, more complex. Around it were the depictions of the forgotten gods and beasts, but they were incomplete, each image was missing a key element, an eye, a limb, a tendril of mist, rendering them dormant, yet not entirely powerless. Understanding struck him like a bolt. The castle, the heart of the Forgotten Lands, had itself become a grimoire. The gods and beasts he had temporarily banished had invested their essence into the very walls, the very stones. Each shifting room, each spectral guardian, was a line of defense and a statement of their persistent existence. He realized that he could not destroy the Forgotten Lands without destroying a part of himself, for his reality was now as entangled with theirs as their essences were etched into the fabric of this castle. As he left the castle, retracing his steps and activating the return spell, he knew that the journey had served to deepen the mystery rather than resolve it. The gods and beasts were still there, but not in a form he could banish or contain. They had become a part of the landscape, a feature as enduring and intractable as the mountains and rivers he had so meticulously mapped. The borders had been redrawn, but not in a way that could be easily understood or navigated. For the cartographer, the quest had not ended. It had merely evolved, expanding into terrains more treacherous than he could have ever imagined. And for the first time, he felt not like an explorer, but like a pawn on a board too vast to comprehend, moved by hands too colossal to see. The cartographer returned to his study, his sanctuary, though it no longer felt as secure as it once had. His thoughts were consumed by the grim reality of his situation. The Forgotten Lands and its denizens were not only awake, but they were also enmeshed in the very fabric of his world. 
to extract them would be to unravel the tapestry of reality itself. The weight of his mistake bore down on him with crushing gravity. He glanced at the map that had initiated this whole calamity. Its lines seemed to shimmer with a malevolent energy, as if mocking him. Next to it lay his quill, its tip stained with ink that had altered more than just parchment. He pondered the irreversible nature of time, wishing he could simply blot out the ink that mapped the forgotten lands, just as one might blot out a smudge on paper. But then, amidst his hopeless contemplation, a thought flickered in the labyrinth of his despair, a thought so audacious, so precarious, that it seemed born of madness. He had altered the world once by mapping uncharted lands, could he not remap them? Could he not create a new reality through his cartography, one where the forgotten lands were truly and irrevocably forgotten? With fervor, he spread blank parchment before him. His hands quivered with a mix of anticipation and dread as he picked up a special quill, this one fashioned from a phoenix feather and imbued with a temporal essence. His materials had always been more than mundane paper and ink. They were channels of intent, tools that bridged imagination and reality. He began to draw, his lines steady and deliberate. But this was no ordinary map. He sketched anti-maps, inversions of the territories he had originally charted. Each line seemed to suck in the light around it, each symbol a vortex that defied interpretation. The room's atmosphere grew thick and oppressive, the air crackling as if charged with an unseen energy. As he traced the last stroke, the ink began to glow, illuminating the room with an eerie light. The glow expanded, engulfing both the map and its maker, stretching out tendrils of light that twisted and wreathed like ethereal snakes. The map of the Forgotten Lands disintegrated, its ink vaporizing into a mist that was quickly absorbed by the anti-map. The cartographer felt a sensation akin to being pulled in opposite directions. His vision darkened at the edges, narrowing to a tunnel. The last thing he saw before losing consciousness was the anti-map, glowing brighter and brighter, until its light was all-consuming. When he awoke, he found himself in his study. The room looked the same, but the atmosphere was altered, calmer, as though a storm had passed. He glanced at where the anti-map had been, but it was gone. In its place was an ordinary piece of parchment, blank and unassuming. He rushed to his collection of maps, scouring them for the one that had caused all the mayhem. It was missing, replaced by other maps of other lands. Even his memories of the forgotten lands began to fade, their details slipping through his mind like grains of sand through an hourglass. Had he succeeded? Had he truly undone what was done? There was no sign of the gods, no inkling of the beasts, no hint of the reality warping castle. He was left in a paradoxical state of knowing that he had forgotten something, a disorienting sensation that lingered like a phantom limb. He picked up his original quill and considered its power, power that had brought him to the brink of catastrophe and back. With newfound respect and a touch of sorrow, he placed the quill back in its case, locking it. He realized that some territories were never meant to be charted, some realms never meant to be disturbed. It was a lesson he had learned at great cost. But even as he began to find a semblance of peace, a small note materialized on his desk. No ink, no penmanship, just words appearing on the parchment as if conjured from thin air. The note read, 
you have undone the map but not the territory. Chills raced down his spine as the room's atmosphere shifted once again, filling with an unspoken tension. He realized then that his meddling had implications far beyond his understanding. By unmaking the forgotten lands from his reality, he had merely pushed them into a domain beyond his reach, a domain from which they would eventually emerge, unrestrained by the lines and borders of his world. In trying to correct one mistake, he had made another, perhaps even graver one. Driven by a compulsion that verged on obsession, the cartographer prepared for another journey. The note's ominous message gnawed at him, each word etched into his psyche like a prophecy waiting to unfurl. He couldn't ignore it, couldn't pretend he hadn't read it, and most of all, he couldn't disregard the unsettling shift he felt in the very atmosphere, as if reality itself were bracing for an upheaval. He returned to the drawer where he had locked away his original quill, the quill that had drawn the map of the Forgotten Lands. He hesitated for a moment, then unlocked the drawer and took it out, sensing its dormant power. He looked at the blank parchment on his desk, the very same one that had replaced the anti-map, and felt a peculiar magnetism between the quill and the paper, as if they were calling out to each other, bound by a fate neither could escape. With a spell of invocation, he activated the parchment's latent power, turning it into a portal once more. He stepped through, and once again, he found himself standing in the ominous castle at the heart of the Forgotten Lands, or rather, what used to be the Forgotten Lands. The atmosphere was denser, saturated with a kind of existential heaviness he had never experienced before. Gone were the spectral figures and monstrous statues that had populated the castle in his previous visit. Now the space felt hollow yet brimming with potential, like a dark canvas awaiting the strokes of an invisible artist. He felt observed, but not by eyes or beings. It was as if the very walls were conscious, waiting and judging. In the castle's central chamber, he found another shift in the fabric of this realm. The multi-dimensional diagram that had previously been etched onto the floor was gone. In its place lay an empty circle, outlined by remnants of cosmic dust and otherworldly residues. The cartographer understood that the circle was an invitation, a challenge, or perhaps a dare. He took out his quill and approached the circle cautiously. His gut churned with a mixture of dread and adrenaline, the weight of his responsibility, his culpability, bearing down on him. With a deep breath, he lowered the quill to the ground. As soon as the tip of the quill touched the floor, a pulse of energy erupted from the point of contact, cascading through the castle like a seismic wave. The walls shuddered, the ceiling quaked, and for a moment, he felt as if the entire realm were coming apart at the seams. Then, as quickly as it had started, the tremor ceased, and everything stood still, eerily, unsettlingly still. That's when he felt it, the return of their presence, the gods and beasts of forgotten eons. They materialized not as physical forms but as sheer forces of nature, imprints of raw cosmic energy, hovering at the periphery of his senses. Their collective gaze focused on him, then through him, peering into the core of his being. They understood what he had done, and what he had tried to undo. There was no anger, no malice, only a kind of solemn acknowledgement. And in that silent communion, he realized his fundamental misunderstanding. The Forgotten Lands were not just a place but a concept, 
a cosmic idea that could not be undone by erasing lines on a paper. They existed beyond his maps, beyond his definitions. As this revelation washed over him, the boundaries of the castle began to blur, walls and floors dissolving into swirling vortexes of color and light. And before he knew what was happening, he found himself back in his study, the portal closing behind him with a soft, final sigh. He looked around. Everything seemed as it should be, yet nothing felt the same. He had returned, but he had also left something of himself behind, his ignorance, his arrogance, and perhaps, a fragment of his soul. Back in the relative safety of his study, the cartographer couldn't shake off the feeling that he was still somehow tethered to the forgotten lands. It was as if invisible chains had latched onto the very essence of his being, chains that spanned dimensions and defied the laws of physics. Though he was no longer in that haunted realm, part of him remained irrevocably linked to it, a piece of his soul bound to the enigmatic forces he had awakened. With each passing day, the link grew stronger, more palpable. He started noticing anomalies in the environment around him, shadows that moved of their own accord, fleeting images of arcane symbols appearing in the corner of his eye, sounds that had no discernible source yet echoed with a resonance that sent shivers down his spine. It soon became apparent that he was no longer mapping just geographical landscapes but the ever-shifting topographies of parallel realities, cosmic planes that intersected and overlapped in ways that defied comprehension. New maps began to appear on his work table, each more complex and intricate than the last, featuring lands and territories he had no recollection of ever charting. They seemed to draw themselves, guided by an unseen hand, or perhaps driven by the very energies he had unleashed. More troubling still were the figures that began to manifest within these newly formed maps, strange, indescribable entities that moved and shifted within the confines of the paper. Their forms were fluid, constantly changing from one shape to another, making it impossible to capture their true essence. Though confined to the two-dimensional plane of the map, their presence seemed to extend beyond it, radiating a sense of malevolence that was deeply unsettling. The cartographer realized he was no longer in control, if he had ever been. His actions had set off a chain of events that could not be easily reversed, affecting not just him but the very fabric of reality itself. He understood that the Forgotten Lands had always been more than just an uncharted territory. They were a living, breathing manifestation of cosmic uncertainty, a space where the borders between the known and the unknown, the seen and the unseen, were not just blurred but fundamentally indistinct. Desperation clawed at him. He couldn't go on like this, endlessly spiraling into realms he neither understood nor wished to be part of. Yet, how does one sever a connection that stretches beyond space and time? How does one untangle the unseen chains that link the soul to realms unimaginable? With a heavy heart, he made his way to a hidden compartment in his study, pulling out an ancient grimoire he had acquired in his travels but never dared to use. It was said to contain spells and rituals capable of altering not just reality but also the metaphysical constructs that underlie it. Flicking through its time-worn pages, he finally settled on a spell that spoke of severance, of cutting ties that bind one to the otherworldly. The incantation required materials of personal significance, objects that held pieces of his essence. With trembling hands, he placed his original quill, a lock of his hair, 
and a drop of his blood into a cauldron, setting it ablaze with fire tinted in shades of blue and green. As the objects burned, merging and transforming into a shapeless mass, he began to chant the spell, each word resonating with the pulse of the universe, each syllable vibrating through the unseen chains that held him. As he spoke the final words of the incantation, he felt something snap, a sharp, excruciating sensation that seemed to tear through the very core of his being. He collapsed, his vision blurring, his senses overwhelmed by an inexplicable mixture of relief and loss. When he finally regained consciousness, he found himself still in his study, but something was different. The air felt lighter, the tension that had hung over the room dissipated. He glanced at his work table, half expecting to see another unsettling map, but there was nothing. Just a blank piece of parchment and an ordinary quill. The unseen chains had been severed, the link to the forgotten lands broken. Yet, the cost of his freedom was a void, a hollowness that filled him with an unnameable sorrow. Though he had escaped the grip of the otherworldly, he was left to ponder the unfathomable complexities of a universe that was far more intricate and far less forgiving than he had ever imagined. Life returned to a semblance of normality for the cartographer. The disquieting anomalies that had once plagued him ceased, and the days of mapping otherworldly realms seemed a distant, if unsettling, memory. It was as though a veil had been lifted, allowing him to see the world in its familiar, mundane glory. Yet, the void left by the severance remained, a silent testament to the cosmic truths he had both discovered and relinquished. He spent his days revisiting old maps, tracing the lines and contours of lands he had once explored with a sense of adventure and wonder. The thrill was gone, replaced by a wistful nostalgia for a time when the world seemed vast and full of possibility. One fateful afternoon, while rummaging through a pile of scrolls and documents, he stumbled upon a map he didn't recognize. It was intricate and beautifully drawn, depicting a realm that seemed neither entirely terrestrial nor celestial. It was familiar and foreign all at once, a paradox that defied explanation. Intrigued, he spread it across his table and examined it more closely. And then he saw it, his own study, meticulously charted at the very center of the map. Confused and fascinated, he leaned in to scrutinize the details. His eyes widened in disbelief as he noticed the fine lines that connected his study to various points on the map, lines that resembled the unseen chains he had felt but could never see. In that instant, he realized the irrevocable truth. He had never severed the chains. He had merely become one of the links. The forgotten lands had integrated him into their ever-shifting tapestry, making him a part of their inscrutable design. He wasn't mapping the world, he was being mapped, his existence plotted and charted by forces beyond his comprehension. And so, he understood that his quest for knowledge had led him not to mastery, but to a deeper, more humbling awareness of his own insignificance in the grand scheme of things. He was not the cartographer but the cartographed, not the explorer but the explored, forever bound to the enigmatic realms he had so recklessly awakened. In a twist of cosmic irony, the cartographer became a permanent fixture in his own maps, a point of interest in an ever-expanding universe of mysteries beyond human understanding. And somewhere, in a dimension untethered by the limitations of time and space, the gods and beasts of the Forgotten Lands looked on, 
their silent gaze filled with an inscrutable sense of satisfaction.